This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 864, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I would shine just like a million suns if you just love me, baby. I'll be in your life again, so baby, baby, just say maybe. Now here I come to dance around the sun. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host Josh Flanagan. Hey there. And welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 864. Joining us this week, as he does on occasion, is Dr. Ryan Haupt. Oh, I thought you were going to say something about the Ron Richards Memorial Chair, and I was going to talk about how we missed him, but... There's no place we for that today. Know. Yeah, no, we don't miss him today. Yeah. All right, well, he's being a I'm pain. here. Hey, everybody! Every week we read our comics. Hey, we read our comics short and stall, short and tall stacks. Doesn't matter what they are. We read them. We talk about them. We pick the best <laughs> one. We call that a pick of the week. If, if, we if talk comics about were pancakes, we yeah. would eat any number of them. I was really wanting to get pancakes. That's they're still in my mind. You, you I had one last week, pancakes. and now 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 they're back. I bought an entire quart me, of maple syrup yesterday. I'm not lying. Connor sent me, I don't remember if it was, no, I think it was on Instagram. It was a picture of pancakes. And I was like, this is the best looking stack of pancakes, which it may not have objectively been, but at that moment when you're like, that was very good. Pancakes. The Griddle Cafe, Los Angeles, California. Sunset Boulevard. Oh, I remember that place. That was a good place. Yes. I bought a pint of kimchi, 
a carton of farm fresh eggs and a, a quart of maple syrup all from one gas station <laughs> gas station kimchi all right oh, yeah. I got seven hundred dollars i got a hookup i got a gas station kimchi hookup anyone who wants to know dm right. me on the dl so here's your spoiler warning this is a review show we will do the best we can to not be egregious and this week ryan had the pick and before we get into it, it was so bizarre because it was technically, I guess, a fifth week, even though it was the first week of February. February only has four weeks to begin with. This week, to me, Josh, tell me what you think. It felt like the the beginning of the pandemic when they were just sort of putting random books out that they still had to put out. Uh, it was a little weird. I, I I ended up with, I don't know, like 11, which was helpful. But the thing is, I, I seem to remember this happened last year. January, early February, it was just like, it was just bleh. <laughs> and I feel, I, here's the thing. Anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis knows we love the show and we love comics. However, sometimes the week is terrible or bleh. And when we say that, uh, we inevitably get the comments or the, the emails saying you guys should quit because you hate comics. This just, this just week wasn't a great week. I'm just going to kick it off. I mean, I did I did almost quit this week. Lower if, expectations. If it's any consolation. <laughs> I was so glad you had to pick, Ryan. This is when this is when it kicks in. This is the game. Yeah. This is this is the this is the this is what you got to do. If you're in the podcasting game, you got to go every yeah. week. You can't stop because the week wasn't inspiring. Listen, and it wasn't Gene, fun to talk as about. Gene Hackman said to Counter Reeves in the replacements, "Winners always want the ball." All right? And this week I had the ball. And the mm. ball was Whoa. passed to maybe lateral to Moon Knight 20, written by, still being written by Jed McKay, art by Alessandro Cappuccio, and uh, colors by <laughs> Rochelle Rosenberg, and uh, Francesca Cappucci. Cappuccio, it's a, uh, it's a uh, Francesca, it's Francesca Cappucci married. Uh, I can't think of his name. Cliff Booth's partner, who was the famous actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Francesca Cappucci was the lady. Was the actor. Rick? Rick Dalton, thank you. So, so there, there's two interesting things about having to introduce this book. One, it's Moon Knight 20, no legacy numbering in sight. Yeah, it's weird. And then uh, there's a backup story in this one called Moon Debt, uh, written by Danny Laura with art by Ray Anthony Height, with uh, inks by LeBeau Underwood and Scott Hanna, with also colored by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, and, and I only bring that up because I want to talk about that as part of the reason this book was selected as the pick. I just want to say I'm always happy to see Scott Hanna's name. I'm happy to see yeah, he's exactly. Still getting, right? He's still getting work. He's still out there. Wasn't he's still he grinding. Ron Garney's inker for a long time. No, well, I don't know. Maybe he was Tom Lyle's inker on Robin in the early '90s. That's where I first. Rec- that's back when I first started recognizing creator names. He was uh, it was Chuck Dixon, Tom Lyle, and 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 Scott Hanna on Robin, and you know that was going on. Mm-hmm. 40 years 30 years i don't know i can't do age math anymore but that was a long time ago so i'm glad to see he's still, he's still getting it done as am i and i i rec- i actually recognize scott Hanna's name as well like and i was happy to see him i've been reading jed mckay's run on on moon knight this entire time and have enjoyed sort of the weird i mean it almost this almost feels like a marvel knights book in a lot of way and not like in the haha he's you know the the midnight mission and protects travelers mm-hmm. and knights but i'm talking like the early 2000s daredevil joe casada you know marvel knights line right that reinvigorated marvel back in the day this has a, i feel like a similar vibe um 
And I've been enjoying the series all along. And I've enjoyed the way that Jed McKay has reintroduced the alternate personalities. It's not, um, it's not overwrought. Mark Spector isn't agonizing over the fact that he's got dissociative identity disorder. He's very much using the alt personalities as um, tools in his sort of arsenal to, to uh, fulfill his mission. And there's just, I thought a hilarious scene where um, Reese, the, the vampire assistant that he has working for him is figuring out that there's the plot of this, this issue is that all of uh, Mark's old allies from like way back in the day, very obscure moon Knight and ancillary Marvel characters being murdered. And, and Mark's trying to figure out what's going on and where the pattern is. And Reese recognizes that there's something has to do with the way that New York city's streets are laid out. And so she doesn't need Mark. She needs Jake, the cabbie. And so she's like, I got to talk to Jake. And he's like, what really? And she's like, yeah, let me talk to Jake. And so he pulls off his cowl and he puts on a mustache and suddenly he's Jake and he has cabbie powers. And I was like, all right, that's fun. That's a good mustache was funny. It was a funny bit. I like this book a lot. I really do enjoy it. I'm always happy to see it come out. I really like this little team he's got. I really love the addition of Tigra to the mix. Mm -hmm. Tigra and Moon Knight were West Coast Avengers teammates. She's a fun character who you don't see very often anymore. And I, one of my favorite things, honestly, about the book is the Alessandro Capuccio art, which is so unique to uh, superhero books that I read. It's it's kind of – it's not sketchy, but it's scratchy, if that makes any sense. And it's, some of it's the coloring. It's the way that they make the costume look. They don't just draw them with a white bodysuit. It's sort of like the whole costume is constantly in weird shadow. And I like it. I like the book. I like the, the way it looks. This was a fine issue. This was – I mean, I've been I've – been, I, the, the vampire storyline went a little long for me, but for the most part, I've, I've been enjoying the book all along. It's been yeah, it's a really good book. and there's a, there's these you know the two assassins that are killing all the people that he's been allied with over the years. At one point, he catches up with them, and he's sitting on the phone line, and it's very Dark Knight Returns, but instead of the the dark Batman costume that's black backlit with the lightning bolt. Moon Knight's entire costume is like glowing in the rain. Yeah, really cool looking. I thought that was a really cool visual. And it just like, it's not something it's, it's again, it's what you said. It's the combination of Jeb McKay clearly scripted this scene and it was drawn in a really inventive way. And then the coloring, I think, takes it to the next level. And so yeah, I thought Michelle it was... Rosenberg's really doing a great job on it. I mean, Jed McKay is the reason why I think he's sort of, I want to say exploding, but he's coming up. Was he the one who's announced him as the new Avengers writer? I think that is what you said. Yeah, so... He's, he's on the rise. He Like, they did the thing where he did a couple of good books, then he expanded. He got to be on a bunch of books, but they're not, not top-tier books, and now it sounds like he's getting a shot at the Avengers. And it's interesting, because in the past, they used to do that a lot faster. Right. Now they put on the brakes a little more. Like, you did one great book, they'd be like, you're on Avengers! Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it seems like the big studios learned their, that same lesson the hard way with... <laughs> putting indie directors on giant films. So, you know, maybe the comic companies are also seeing that same. Mm -hmm. well, they, uh, both of them have always done that. I think what his strength is, he writes great action. He writes, you know, intense, you know, dramatic stuff, but he's also very funny. There's, you mentioned the mustache bit, which made me laugh, but there was also eight balls having a wonderful Saturday bit where, uh, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Moon Knight calls the, you know, eight ball. Who's got a giant eight ball head. Go for eight ball. For information, he's in the bubble bath. He's got candles. He's got you know music. He's got some wine. Like this is a Saturday night, and uh, he's enjoying it. It's just he sprinkles in bits like that that don't take away from the, the drama of the of the story. And I've really been enjoying all of his work that I've been reading, and I'm happy to see he's moving up. And we'll see if he can be the magical writer that can make the Avengers relevant again. 
because it's been and then a what while. Did, what did you think of the backup story, Connor? I skipped it. So the backup story is set in the 1970s, uh, summer of 77, and it's a Blade Moon Knight team up, but it's a previous version of Moon Knight pre Mark Spector. Uh, it's not someone I was familiar with. It's a, a young African American woman who was raised in a a, a two faith household where her mom was Christian and her dad worshipped Conchu, and so uh, she ended up as the fist of right <laughs> to the happens to the best of us. Yeah. But um, you know she doesn't like a vampire operating in her city, but then she realizes that blade is the daywalker and they, they decide to team up and go take out a, a coven of uh, yuppie vampires who are trying to buy up real estate around the city so that they can then use those real estate holdings to feed off of people. So they're killing people with records and it's very jive. And, and it's, I thought it was like fun throwbacky old school blade. And then it cuts to a modern day scene where Mr. Knight in his suit is asking blade for a favor uh, to help train Reese, his his assistant who happens to have been turned into a vampire, to to learn how to control her vampirism, and Blade's like, "Yeah, sure, I got this." And and Moon Knight's like, "What are you talking about?" And Blade's like, "Well, I owe you a favor." And he's like, "I don't remember in any of my personalities ever doing a favor for you." And he goes, "Oh no, no, it wasn't you. It was the previous one of you." But don't worry, I got you. And it was, and then Blade walks off, and it was like it was just cool. I don't know. I just I dug it as a little seventies throwback story. Um, I thought it was, it was interesting that it was there at all. You know, like I, I'm always curious about the, the economics of the backup. You know, things like oh, action comics I make sense, it. but this was just a random. I was like, "Whoa, was a backup story? That's strange." Because it wasn't like What's they took the away pages from the main story. It was. Uh, uh, I, don't know. I, I would say, in in terms of deciding on a pick on a week where I was uh, digital having trouble finding inspiration, this yep. was part of the calculus that went into selecting a pick. Buddy, you don't got to explain anything to us this week. I'm just whatever, telling you. Whatever you have the whatever you chose for whatever reason, go with God. I, so I it's on four ninety nine. So they added a dollar to it. Interesting. Right. And so maybe they're maybe as an offset. Like they can add they can still cover their nut and make more of a profit, but add pages? I, I mean that's There's only eight seemed, extra pages. Well, then that kinda carries. Maybe like I mean, if, if you like can't you, if you raise, can't cover your nut with eight extra pages. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's a lot of money. What kind of nut are we talking here? Brazil nut? Ryan, explain to us why the Avengers 765 is in the number two position this week. I did not add it to the script. Oh. I added it to the script, but I was not the one who suggested it be included. Josh? I suggested it be included. But I did I read did it. Not, twist. I did not. I did. This, I'm going to say the same thing about the Avengers I say all the time. And it is that uh, when I look at this book, I kind of go, I don't know, but I usually find something in it to like. And this is uh, kind of an origin story of this one type of Loki. And he so is guys, the Loki. You guys haven't been reading, so this book has been bouncing back and forth between the main Avengers book and Avengers Forever, which you've not been reading. No. Because you have philosophical objections to the, the series, which I understand. But um, they revealed in the most recent issue of that, that Avenger Prime, this mysterious figure they've been alluding to over, for, for however long, is Loki. Yeah. And I kind of put that together because I wasn't so, I've been sort of half following the story for a long time. So I just sort of take bits of it. Uh, so what we've got here is a story. I mean, obviously, this is all being uh, fed a little by the Loki show. Um, yes. Just the idea that there's all these different Lokis. Uh, and this is the Loki who wins. 
He's the one he, he, the it starts off, he goes, you know what? The happiest moment in my life was when I killed my brother. And then you learn that he's talking about Thor and this is the Loki. Like he, he just had to win. And so he just, he kills everything and he's still like, eh, I still don't feel great about it. And then he realizes that cause he realized that all Lokis that he ever meet lose and it just, it changes. And so he tries to kill all the Avengers and then he's like, Oh, I have to save the Avengers, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was a nice short story. Uh, uh, and it was also, I thought it was interesting that in a, in a world where I've had enough of Loki, I actually really enjoy this one. And I liked the, the self-reflection of it, I suppose. Because um, he doesn't have anyone to talk to. I don't, I don't know that that bothers him. It's no, just no, that no, he I'm, didn't... Saying, I'm saying like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have anyone to be smarmy at because he's mm-hmm. alone. Like he only wins because he's alone. You know what I mean? So like actual Loki should never have any self-reflection. Like, but because this is a different one, you get to, you know, you get to, do a different thing. I also, um, I think the Javier Garon art was fantastic. It was just the right He's side great. of cartoony. He's very good. Um, the, the horns on this Loki's head are ridiculous. They make no sense. They look like a, a ridiculous handlebar mustache that's sprouting over his, from his forehead. And it works for me in the art style. I think, you know, the coloring actually looks really nice with all this stuff. There's a shot, page 10, and it's sort of about it's in the part where he's talking about his victories. Like he's taken everybody down and there's a shot of the hammer Milner being chained down in a crater from the level of the crater. And there's chains going out all around and he's sort of watching. I just think that's a beautiful panel, you know, and he, he makes sure that Iron Man never becomes Iron Man. You see Tony Stark in a, again, right from the ground. So you're looking up at him, you know, with bottles all around him and he's, he's, you know, demon in a bottle kind of thing. It's just lots of little cool moments, you know, and he finds a way to lose and blah, blah, blah. Again, I think I think we said this an issue or two ago of Avengers, you know, the larger story doesn't so much interest me, but I do love reading this every once in a while and be like, hey, there's Jason Aaron, you know, Mm -hmm. and I also really I really respect the fact that none of this has felt like a Jason Aaron story. He's just going for it and throwing a ton of stuff against it, you know, which is kind of preferable to just coming on and doing a straight up run of this i know it's again it's not my favorite thing but i think he's doing the right thing if that makes sense well he's i mean he's done so long he's done all kinds of things he's done yeah. the traditional stories he's done like it's right the the question is i mean we, t- we talked about it before i don't want to get into it now but you know why hasn't it mattered and it's not his fault and why doesn't justice league matter why doesn't avengers matter anymore it's interesting i think that's almost outside of the scope of the, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's outside of the scope of the writers, in a way. Well, yes and no. The story that Bendis wrote made made Avengers relevant. It hadn't been relevant well, in years. There was, a, but there at the time though, you got there was no outside influence. It was just he got to write his story and do the thing, and there was no right. other version of it. And now there's there's stuff coming in from all angles. You know, like right. like there's well, you got to do this because of studios and then this because of the game. Right, exactly. There's all kinds of things. I wonder why that's it. I don't know. It's it's it, there's no answer. No, I know. You know, it's like why why don't people care? Why does why is Justice League and they they've both been irrelevant for about the same amount of time. It's been about 10 or so years since which is it, which which coincides with the rise of superhero movies. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about Blood Tree, number one from Image Comics and Peter J. Tomasi. Yeah, and I was surprised. I hadn't seen that name in a while. Mac, Max, art by Maxim. There's a lot of accents. Let's see. Sim, Simzy. Please keep going. Keep trying. 
I, so I, I, would, I would assume someone Simic. named Maxim Simzi would it's, be real it's, cool it's, about it's, their name being mispronounced and being. It not looks at like Simich. It looks Simic. like a, a a Slavic name, like uh, Luka yeah, Doncic Slavic for or sure. Yoka or Jokic or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Simich. Might be Zimich. I don't know what that little thing on the S means. Right. I'm sure. Be, be chill, Maxim. Max. I feel like I picture Maxim as seven feet tall <laughs> and big and angry. Anyway, this was a interesting. I mean, I was you know this week. You know, I had my original pull list had seven books on it. I ended up having twelve. This was one of the books I added on later, and I, I knew nothing about it going into it. Just that Peter Tomasi was the was the uh, writer on it. And there was an angel on the cover. So I thought it was supernatural. Doesn't seem doesn't seem to be. Seems to just be a cop story. Seems more like seven. Yeah, and I enjoyed it for the most part. I, you know, Maxim's art is not there yet. A lot of things were rough, but I liked the style. Sort of like an early Philip Bond style, but okay. Some of it, he had a real problem with the with uh, Maria's hair. The 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 female cop, her mm-hmm. she looked like she was wearing a wig most of the time. But um, <laughs> for the most part, I thought it did the job, and it was you know it was a nice cartoony style which I enjoyed. But um, you know, con- contrast I- to the cover art by Gary Frank, it was it was rough. So I was thinking about it and. Here's my thought as I was reading this. I thought it was okay, pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, and then I started thinking about Pete Tomasi. Pete Tomasi was, uh, he wrote a lot of mainstream comics for a while. He was on, was he on Batman or was he just on Robin? He did a bunch, he did, he did a bunch of Batman books. I think Detective He was, maybe? he was, he was yeah, heavy he was, into Batman for a while, yeah. the, the family. He was a, an editor at DC for a very long time. He was a Jeff Johns re- guy. This is a Jeff Johns Mad Ghost book. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting for him to come to image and like he doesn't get to work with the caliber of artist that he's been used to working with. Yeah, this is like a dynamite or. Yeah. And I I just thought, what must that be like? Because you, you know, basically you were a pro. And now you're, you know, in the the AAA or whatever. Yeah, it's not bad. I've I've seen way worse on a, a, a book from a major company, but it's just it's just early. You know, it seems like it's an early, you know, artist and is still figuring its way yeah. his way through. And I just wonder what that's like. And I thought it's not it's Chris Somney, that's for sure. I thought the book was pretty good, but also I, I think it was there. You know, there's a lot. was like a, there's places where there's a shitload of dialogue. It was like this genre was kind of new to him, like this it's, cop genre. Yeah, I mean, so you know, someone, some a serial killer is gra- is grafting wings, angel, fake angel wings, onto people and tossing them off buildings. One of them is in the middle of the Thanksgiving, Day, uh, the pa- St. Patrick's Day parade in New York City, and then the other one is somehow off the roof of Yankee Stadium. I don't know how he got in there, but um, which 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 does not coincide with where home home plate is. You gotta <laughs> heave. It's true. There's even an, there's even an overhead shot that illustrates this perfectly. I was like, where the yeah, fuck I mean, did that I, come from? How did he did throw he a helicopter over, over the seats, which go for like uh, 40, 50 feet? Josh, she had wings, <laughs> so maybe she glided. <laughs> also, also, I think Josh Flanagan, you gotta heave. Yeah. That's that's like you the gotta title heave. Of your you got title your autobio right there. I mean, that's you basically my that's my entire life since I was thirty. It's a very it's heaving. a very New York book the cop the main cop is an italian guy from long island and but the way they're doing the the murder mystery has a little bit of like true detective season one where there's you know mysterious occultish yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it was fine. Like this is this is my watch for the entire week. It was fine. It was fine. I didn't yeah. didn't blow my socks off. It wasn't bad. It was fine. I I, I know this isn't the segment, but are you going to read the next issue? Uh, pro- uh maybe. I mean, all, a lot of this depends. Like, you know, um, if if it's a week where they got twenty five books, maybe not. But I mean, I'm not. If 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 I see it and it's not a big week, I'll read it. You know what? There's a there's a there's a there's been a rash of books that like it was pretty good. But if you missed it, yeah, would you ever think about it again? Probably not. Right. That's what I'm saying. I realized that I missed. Um, Jason Aaron did that book for Boom. Yes. End of the world or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I missed the second issue at some point. Well, it's like three issues now. Then I started reading the third one, and I yeah. was like, eh. ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I know what you mean. You know, and and that's that's no good. Well, and I don't know if of, that's the work or that's me. Yeah. Well, speaking of. Um, we talked about Scarlet Witch number one. It was a patron pick, and we said at the time we might continue on. It would depend on the week. Well, this was the week for it to come out because sure, nothing else was going on. Scarlet Witch number two, Steve Orlando, Sarah Pacelli, and I. What I do like the most about this book is that it is a. Um, it goes. It flies in the face of comic book convention, or at least current comic convention. It's they seem to be one and done team up stories with Scarlet Witch, and that's that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if I liked this issue again. Everything was just kind of fine this week, but you know, I don't know. I Ryan, like what'd you think? I like Scarlet Witch a lot. Ryan, what'd you think of it? I kind of wanted the backup story on this to be its own issue. Like the main, the main issue was fine, but I also felt like, so, you know, Viv, uh, Vision's daughter comes to Scarlet Witch for help. She's having nightmares and turns out she's got some demon who thinks that because Viv is AI, she can feed off of her indefinitely. But like, if this demon lady is an established character, it's not one I was familiar with nor had any attachment to. So Scarlet Witch being able to dispatch her by like literally just kind of waving her hands, which seems to be an issue this book has where it's like Scarlet Witch can just do whatever. Right. Well, that's a Marvel problem. Well, I think what Ryan's talking about is something that I've ta- I've mentioned a couple of times in the past is that, you know, as pa- as comics condense down and pages condense down, it's it's really tough to pull off a satisfying single issue story, especially if you're not going to make concessions in your page layout. So, if you go back into the, you know, when single issue stories were the norm, you had a lot, A you had more pages, but B you had more panels per page. But here, it's still 2, 3, 4 panels a page, so you get to the end of the 20 pages and you're like, well, how satisfying can it really be if there's not very much going on? It's harder. It's harder to do. I mean, the thing about this book is there's actually things I like about it. And then what I also thought is I was like, this doesn't seem much like Scarlet Witch to me, either the TV one or the comic book one. But at the same time, I don't really care. (laughs) For a little while, that character was like, like too dark, too fucked up. Now they're like, eh, she's Satana, whatever. Mm. Um, and then the other thought I I think I mean like I I enjoyed it. I like how in this book Tom King's vision story just happened. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that was years and years and years ago. And I like that there was an editor's note of like see vision one through twelve. I was like, that's yeah. a that's a big twelve issue ask of someone to just go, you know, just casually I mean, flip through it's, it's worth reading. Uh I, I also I was excited for Sarah Pacelli on a book, but this doesn't look like if you asked me looking at this art if it was Sarah Pacelli, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Like it mm. doesn't look like I think of her art. She has very distinct the way she draws noses, so I always see those right away. 
Okay. I, I actually I agree with you, Connor. That's true. Well, also apparently she has a very distinctive way of drawing huge breasts. <laughs> because everybody in this book has cannons. Okay. I was, I was looking at the noses the whole time, so I don't know why. I don't. know. Yeah. I, I like it. The fact that that stood out to me in a superhero comic, I was like, who the fuck drew this? It's just, okay. She's Italian, Josh. Have you been there? That's what, yeah, that's true. Everything's a little more sexy. So are you going to stay with it? Next issue is Polaris. Probably. It's kind of, I mean, A, it's the closest I've been to enjoying a Steve Orlando book for a while, and I like to give him a chance. Um, you know, I I think they're skirting an edge of something I'm interested in or not. But on a week like this, I enjoyed it. Ryan, that you were right. Sense. I think the second story, the, the the storm team up, which again another backup story out of nowhere, uh, was more interesting. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun watching those two characters bounce off each other a little bit. It kind of was, but I was also like, is this like, is this what storm is like now? And I don't know. I haven't read a storm in a book forever. But it, like, the only thing I I don't like about it is like, you know what? Let's have some tea. Like, is this the, is this supposed to be like the, the, the preternatural female experience? They can, they can relax and have tea. Ladies like tea, Josh. I, but that's like, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like that's reductive. It was in both stories. It's like, let's just have some tea. I was like, what the fuck is with the tea? That's all you want is to sit around and chat and have tea. It's like the stereotype of the modern comic where people just sit around talking. It's like, now we're just going to sit around talking with tea. Yeah. Instead of punching I, I, things. I felt that, I mean, I. I know what you're saying. Oh, I have more points. Okay. Um, I have complaints. <laughs> I like like this. The, I think the backup story was just very surfacey. It was just an excuse to watch these two hang out together. Which oh, yeah, I it was only like five pages. All that much you can do beyond surface. Then, then the other thing uh, is that this Darcy character is fucking pointless. So get her out of the book if you're not going to give her. A- I mean, you're just saying that because it's really annoying. Or no, the like the way the character's written is really annoying. She's quippy, but not in a funny way. And like, if you're Cat Dennings, you can get away with it. But in this, I was like, "This is bullshit." Cat Dennings needs a bunch of lot. Yeah, hmm? I mean, I, I yeah. you you have to assume, and they're they're leaving hints that there's more to her than ECI. So there's you don't you don't reveal all your cards right away. So no, but coming give me give me give me more. She's I think Josh. She's gonna have some sort of infinite playlist that only Scarlet Witch can help her with. <laughs> so coming two weeks before Valentine's Day is DC's Valentine's special. DC Harley Quinn romances number one, featuring a terrific cover by uh, Francis Manipal of Aquaman and Harley Quinn in a uh, bodice ripper embrace, as well as uh, you know fake fake uh, edging on like it's an old novel, like it's an old paperback. It was a fun cover. What DC's been doing with these Mar- Marvel stopped doing these sort of holiday issues. They used to do them digitally, and I think they just stopped entirely. What DC's been doing lately is sort of putting on new creators, new 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 writers, new artists, and that's fine. But you know what you get is usually work by new creators who aren't quite there yet. So, of all the creators on this book, I think I recognized in terms of writers and artists, I recognized I think two names or three names. One was uh, John McRae, one was Ig Guerra, and one was uh, Priscilla Prochadis, who's an artist I worked with on, my, on the comic I made. Um, but everybody else is sort of basically new to me. And I recognize the name Amanda Debert, but I don't know why. Hmm. I think you've literally made the joke on the show before that she is the Bert. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, John McRae, who was on Hitman and lead singer for Cake. <laughs> so Fico Osio, I recognize him. There's eight stories here. Most of them are not worth talking about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> wow. We're we're definitely going to get letters. The Power Girl one that Amanda Debert wrote was kind of fun where 
uh, Superman puts her, sets her up on a blind date with Jimmy Olsen, and they actually hit it off, and it was, that was actually that was actually a fun story. Constantine that was kind of whatever. Uh, Fire and Ice was kind of fun, where Fire wants a date, so they go on the superhero dating app that only superheroes can go on, and it turns out there's a supervillain and they're hiding as a superhero, and so that was that was okay. Um, the most interesting one was Aquaman and Harley Quinn. That was the final story, which was written by Ivan Cohen and or by Fico Osio. And that you had to you had to overlook a lot of things, like it's all these DC superheroes, superheroines, I guess, having lunch, having a little little gossipy brunch, and it features Harley Quinn. I'm like, no, come on, Mm-mm. no, that's a bridge See? too far. That was basically the same as T. But but fine. Big Barda and Black Canary and Zatanna and Vixen and Lori Lamaris are having lunch. Fine, but Harley Quinn is a murderer and would not be there. But uh, the joke in this one is they've all had some sort of romantic interlude with Aquaman. And they tell their Aquaman story. It was fine. The whole issue was fine. It, it peaked with the cover. Honestly, the Bert, the Bert. Young Hellboy Assault on Castle Death, number four. This is the fourth in a uh, four-issue miniseries. The, uh, I don't, there's been like a bunch of little Hellboy yes. minis lately. Little, little Hellboy Renaissance. This one is, uh, it's actually, it was actually really good. Uh, and, and the satisfying little four-issue story. Uh, Young Hellboy, this is all drawn by Craig Russo, uh, who, is, who has done uh, baby Hellboy stuff before. He's a really animated style. Yep. Um, compared to like Mignola and, and, you know, all those other people that uh, tend to do Hellboy stuff. And in this story, young Hellboy is living on the base uh, and he's sick. He's got a fever. And in this fever, uh, uh, Lobster Johnson comes and, and, he's, and he, he entreats young Hellboy that they have to go on an adventure to save the world. And Hellboy is gung-ho for this. Uh, and at the same time, like a crazy occult dude who's been a deep sleeper cell, you know, for you know, this, the order has been in for hundreds of years, finally finds out about the, um, you know, the, the Hellboy who's going to end the world and has to go kill him. And, uh, and he doesn't, I don't mean to spoil it for you, but I, I just, I really well, enjoyed it. Was, this. It was issue four or four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and I know, I, I know that Hellboy lives to be older. Right. Yeah. He's young so, Hellboy. We know eventually he grows to be Hellboy. And, yeah. and those of you who are savvy and nitpicky will say, but Josh, isn't that the complaint that you had about Rogue One? And I'd say, shut up! It's Hellboy. <laughs> and and also, he had the same complaint about Andor, a prequel a, to the prequel Rogue One. So you know, just go sit on it. Yeah, but this is a this is adorable. It doesn't have space horse. This this was the closest a young Hellboy has come to like a Calvin and Hobbes, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a boy. I mean, because it's Hellboy and his dog, so it's very much a boy and his tiger. He's delusional because of the fever, but it, it, it's treated in a very like, come on, boy, let's you know, yep. his, to his dog Mac, and like, it's very haphazard. Hellboy is behaving haphazardly in a way that is kind of adorable and funny in the context of his hallucination, but is like real world consequences in what's actually happening around him. Yeah, that and uh, Scatman Crothers from The Shining shows up, and it turns out <laughs> that that uh, it's possible Lobster Johnson is real. You're not wrong. I mean, he's you're not, you're right. He's not Scatman like, Crothers. He doesn't look like him, but that's where it ends up. That's the that is the motif that the character is is playing. Yes. Yes. Oh boy! All right. Any show where I can say Scatman Crothers, yeah, for sure, it's a win.
Silver Surfer Ghostlight number one of a five-issue miniseries written by John Jennings and art by Valentin DeLandro. Landro. I love Valentin DeLandro's art. I'm glad, uh, that's, that was the main draw for me. And the colors by Matt Miller. I love the flat coloring. This book has a whole unique look to it that I love. Uh, it's a really flat it lo- coloring. I mean, it, it looks like an early two th- or mid-2000s Vertigo book almost. Yes, 100%. Uh, this book actually goes back in Marvel time and reintroduces a character, Al Harper, who uh, first appeared in Silver Surfer number five in 1969 and was died sacrificing his life to save the Silver Surfer. It was one of the earliest black characters in Marvel comics, just like, you know, a character who appeared in the book. Um, so now they're bringing him back as it's as, as a new hero called ghost light. We don't know anything about him. He just shows up at the very end, but did you know that going into this or did you go, go and look that up after reading this? I got a press release. Oh my gosh. I knew it going into it. All right. That's how I knew I it didn't, was. I didn't know any of that going into this book. Yeah. I, I read this completely blind. So this is just a story about a family, a uh, black family moves from New York city to upstate New York, a uh, town called Sweetwater, not Stillwater, but Sweetwater. And uh, Fever dog. they, they, they're, they're, they're the uncle, the, the brother of the, back of the wife mysteriously disappeared many years ago. And that would be Al Harper. And uh, he returns because the kids who are slightly, slightly more precocious than they are drawn to be in terms of how they can talk about whatever. It's all Whew. adult. That, that was, that was one of the main issues I have with this book. <laughs> it's a real but, precocious uh, kids era in comics right now. Yeah. They accidentally, activate Al's machines, which sets up a bunch of cosmic rays that A, alert the Silver Surfer, and he comes rushing back, and B, uh, wake up Al or bring him back from wherever he was, and so he's this glowing, sort of green person. I these, thought it was kid, fine. These kids really stranger things, the the situation. Yeah. The, the boy especially. See, the girl, she's a little older. She was all right, but the boy especially, he talked about it five years older than he looked, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're all geniuses. They all do that. In comics, all the kids are geniuses. I got to say, I liked this more as I went through it than I did at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. This art made me think of Jim Kruger, which made me very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked how at the end, shit just went nuts. They were like, what's yeah. in this room? supervillain shit cosmic stuff I was like all right that escalated quickly i did think i was like this girl is about to become the new silver surfer <laughs> yes i was a little i was a little concerned about that yeah my, my favorite page was page 26 which just shows the pov of the silver surfer that was flying great. towards earth and but everything is sort of sort of bent and blurry because he's going so mm-hmm. fast i thought that was a cool effect that is great it was really good and i and i also liked i mean i also liked where it went kirby cosmic and it shows the surfer out in space recognizing the signal to, right. to turn the board around and, and head back towards earth so i thought all the stuff out in space with the surfer was great when i die there will be a signal sent into space and then what comes after from that signal will be your problem not mine i'll be dead <laughs> that was so threatening <laughs> well yeah you'll find out <laughs> what did we Black do Dave, number one. I, got, I, I got nothing to say that that's like that's legitimately menacing I don't yeah. I uh, I didn't read Black Tape so I was waiting for one of you to jump in here Black Tape number one well, I'm supposed What's to jump in after a threat, a threat like that threats. yes <laughs> I'll like if when I die you'll die too Josh and I'll talk I didn't about say you'd die I just said you have to deal with it maybe it's happy mm-hmm. So, do you remember Dan Panosian, who is an artist I love? He's one of those Dan's, artists. That's Dan Panosian's like, great. He, uh, he did a yes, he I remember this, Dan like, Little story. He did an image miniseries about a 
boxer. He did that Darwin Cook inspired story a couple years ago. Yeah, because yes, he and, he yes, and Darwin yes, were yes. buddies. He was at, he was at Darwin's wedding. I I, I know right. friends like we have friends in common here in LA. I, I don't, right. I've never hung out with him other than the wedding, but uh, I have friends of friends of his. Yeah. So that was enough for me to make to pick up this thing. Even though like the pitch, I like a book. I like a book about a rock star. Almost never, no one gets that right, but I keep trying. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know what to make of this. Mm. I'm not going to tell you I didn't like it, but <laughs> I barely hung on. It was. It was a weird yeah. book. It was what just was like this woman being early seventies. Oh, right. A woman marries a major rock rock star man and he dies right after they get married and <laughs> rock she... star man that's a great name he's not he's not a rocket a, man he's a rock star man he's, um, a, he's a japanese pop star rock star man what do you want to be i want to be a rock star man yeah. i would i would support that child <laughs> with whatever they want to do but like so so she's essentially being buffeted by the the all the people in his life who also had stakes in his career before she entered the fray. But she knows that his last great song is supposed to be released independently and not through the label. And then at the end of the book, she finds his uh, sex cult dungeon thing. Yeah. It's, it was weird because it indicates that it's going to be supernatural and I kind of waited for it, but it actually didn't quite get there. Right. Which I was no. fine with, but it's stuck with more like books. a str- yeah horror, but not, supernatural i don't know this is i mean a- it was A-W-A? all like a feeling of publishes awa artist writer something yeah uh i don't think i'll keep reading it i i i there's something there but it wasn't it wasn't uh wasn't refined enough uh briar number three when i started reading this issue i couldn't remember what had happened prior other than i remember the i really first thought issue i skipped an issue you couldn't remember the briar priors i couldn't remember prior briar issues <laughs> the prior briars I, I, I read the first one. I didn't remember two. And I was like, I think, I think this is only a four issue miniseries. I don't, I don't know. Really? But I don't know. I, I was ready to, 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 to bail uh, about two pages into this. I was like, I don't, I don't remember. And I don't, I think mean, I love Christopher Cantwell. And I like Herman Garcia. It's really terrific, but yeah, it's just not sticking with me. The book's not sticking with me. I don't know how many issues. This I, is. I really like it, but I don't disagree with what you just said. It's a four issue mini, so there's one left, so fuck it, I'll just read it. Right, no, but I I mean, I think there's more there. I'm kind of surprised that's all there is, but there's a bit where, you know, basically, Cantwell's thing is high-status men, you know, who are despicable and then become less so. And in this, you have a high-status woman Mm. who is no longer high-status because she's been, I really, really liked, she gets to the gate of the place where she's going her little coalition are just fucking bickering all over the place. And the people at the top are the French knights from the Holy Grail. Yeah. And they dump, sh- they dump shit on them. I don't know what's like going on even, in, that, in that castle, but they have some liquidy shit and they need a doctor. I mean, do, how healthy do you think the stool of medieval knights was? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> any day that they didn't get dysentery or cholera was a good day. It's just, it was bad. I was like, oh, this is, they're just pouring liquid on her. They all have <laughs> horrible. And you th- don't ever think about that, but everybody must have the shits all the time. Or I guess their biome was really tough. I was going to say, yeah, must they? I don't know that they. I don't know. I, I mean, just think. Was, Josh, what was the number one killer in the Civil War? Dysentery. Uh, was it dysentery? Yeah. It sounds like it. The yeah. Tennessee trots. <laughs> you know, and then was, she goes to meet gnomes, and gnomes are assholes. Like, 
it was it, it it was funny. It was entertaining. Somewhat expected, you know. You know, at this point, it's like any little thing is going to be turned on its head. So if I, any of the gnomes were were little assholes, wasn't wasn't a surprise. But it was funny. It just, was fun. I really like the the low angle that they because it wasn't clear that they were little at first because they shot them from real low and foreshortened and everything. And if fun. it wasn't four issues, I'd probably say that was that was it for me. But I'll I could do I'll I could do six to eight. I feel like I, I would I feel not. Like do, I actually, you would do eight. Yeah, I mean, if it was, he, be, he could take his time a little more. He's a great. He, the Which thing is, this is Cantwell's really good at characterization, and I don't think that he gave himself. A, there's enough room for him to do his brand of characterization here. Yeah, and I think that's what you're missing. Uh, this is like, just not working for me. Like, I, there's yeah. so much story. There's just a lot. Like, if I read this at a trade, I probably would enjoy it more. Yeah. Hey, so those are the books we really had to. I'll be honest with you, stretch to get enough on here at the beginning. It wasn't quite. I wasn't quite sure we'd have more than three books to talk about, but we ended up doing it. Uh, but as always, the patrons get their say. The patrons over at patreon.com slash ifanboy get to vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming favorite was Where Monsters Lie, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Kyle Starks, with art by Peter Kowalski, colors by Vladimir Popov, and letters by Joshua Reed. This is Carl, Kyle Starks' latest horror-ish miniseries. So I was excited when I saw his name on a new book. Mm-hmm. And I was even we more excited. Fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. I was even more excited uh, at the at the very beginning uh, when I saw the roll call, and uh, <laughs> one of the characters is called the Fuckmaster, and he looks pretty pretty um, buzzed out, and he has a gross teddy bear in his head. The pitch for this book is: it's a gated community in, in, in which serial killers live. Uh, super more like super villains uh, like batman like batman level super villains i mean there's like there's harlequin uh, there's like a, a puppeteer yeah you're right they're like super, super villain serial killer types but there's they no live there they're they're protected they they don't shit where they eat but uh it opens up with one of them blew it and uh, the well, kids yeah kids. you say that but like the inciting incident is the opposite of right, i'm telling you the rules of the place which they violated because it opens up with a bunch of kids escaping one of the houses and that causes trouble because they're not, you're not supposed to kill anybody in the in the uh gated community anyway this kyle starks has a formula which is a bunch of characters with silly names um and then chaos and so wacky. I thought this was the weakest one of all those books. I really liked I... Assassination. I really liked the six psychics of Trigger Keaton. This did you like was just okay. Uh, the last one, the haunted one. Yeah, but that's not part of the formula. The formula of like a big that's group true. of people that's with true. silly names. I thought uh, diminishing returns a bit with these this this formula. It's probably the weakest, but I, I had a lot of fun reading it because he is good at putting those groups together. And you're right, it's wearing a little bit. But there's a bit, there's a bit where somebody has to sit next to the fuckmaster, and they're like, oh, "Why do I have to sit next to him? He's creeping me out." They're like, "He's the fuckmaster. That's his thing." I was like, "You could put that in a movie trailer, and everyone would go." Why does the cop have a Lawrence Mohawk? I I bumped on that too. You can look at that. I saw it, and I thought, "I'm going to take this as a strength." And not a weakness. I mean, like I, I interviewed Kyle Starks once. I talked to him. I, I can, I can imagine. You can go back. I, thought you were saying, I was interviewed book. by the police once, and no, <laughs> I've never been interviewed by the police. And I just thought I could see, be like, hey, give that guy an orange mohawk. Why? Mm. You know, or maybe there's some reason. Maybe he used to be a serial killer. I don't know. I think the art style hurts it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it doesn't that. work. I mean, Peter Kowalski is terrific, but it, it, it doesn't too. really work with the. All, all of the previous books have had a cartoonish, exaggerated style. This is a very well, sort of street level 
almost uh the faces at the, like the the housing association meeting are are kind of silly i don't know like like the i think the comedy beats are played pretty well but i don't know it doesn't it doesn't quite gel but i did enjoy it yeah I, yeah i just don't i don't think it worked. ryan what did you think I think I, I'm more in line with Connor than I am with Josh on this one. I was excited by the idea of a, another Kyle Starks wacky lineup. I actually had the opposite reaction to Fuckmaster. I was like, Fuckmaster is not an improvement on Fuck Tarkington. And so I don't, I don't, I feel like I thought Fuckmaster was diminishing returns on the concept from Jump. And it also felt like, you know, they, they threw us in in a moment when the, the system was already falling apart and like we don't see I don't know we don't see the system working enough I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad thing if you're talking you about start late history. come in late I know I know I'm just I, Listen, I'm, I'm saying I wanted to be pleased this week and I don't know if you guys did <laughs> wow Josh was really looking he was really looking uh, you know I want to you, you want I want to I want to make the best of it I want to find Something that that, uh, that sparks joy, as it was. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Josh, um, Josh is the grips from Scrooge, really looking at the nipples. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> so, I'm not reading Scarlet Witch. I don't know. It was. I didn't dislike it, but I was. I was like you, excited. I was like, "Ooh, Kyle Starks! I loved his last yeah. few books." I did like the other book, the one that wasn't like this, you know, the horror one, and that they just announced yeah. today that they're doing another volume of that. Good. Um, I thought that was a given. I've loved all those books. This mm-hmm. one I thought was fine. I like everything this week. It was fine. Yeah. It was not great. I had fun with it. I'll read the next one. I'm giving that away. That's a segment. Ratings. On Where Monsters Lie, number one from Dark Horse Comics. Kyle Starks, Peter Kowalski, Vladimir Popov, Joshua Reed. Out of five, I'm giving it a three. Three and a quarter stars. 2.75. And Josh is sticking with it. I will read another issue, Ryan. Probably not. All right, there you go. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Thanks for voting if you're a patron. And if you're not a patron, consider becoming one today. You can directly support the show. It's, it's our main way of people supporting the show. We appreciate that. Becoming a patron unlocks content for everybody and unlocks tons of shows. We do a bunch of shows beyond this one. They're all unlocked by the patrons. They've created a great community on Discord and I assume on Facebook. And we, as we've been talking about, we revamped our stretch goals for as, however long the stretch goals continue to live on Patreon. Uh, you can check them out there. There's some silly ones, some wacky ones, some fun ones. And we're still working on the second phase of our revamp Patreon uh, because things have happened and gotten in the way. And we're still trying to figure one pit, one thing out that we haven't figured out. So it just takes a lot of uh, work that we don't have tons of time for. But we're getting there. We're getting there close. We're getting closer every day. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Thanks for being a patron. Fanboy.thirdless.com is where you can buy our t-shirts. We've got 12 designs. Fanboy.com slash support is our digital tip jar. Via PayPal, fanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can shop. You can you can sh- you can find links from the Booksplode books on that page, but you can also just shop at a, a regular link, and that helps us as well. And finally, bookshop.org is our partner for our Booksplode books, and you can find links for those. Those sales help directly support local bookstores, and we thank you for doing that. We thank them for being local bookstores. And now, without further ado, if you're a five dollar or higher patron. You get a superpower live on the show, and this week it's it's Ryan's turn. Well, it's my turn to reveal yep. what Chris Colhane's power is, and Chris Colhane can mentally set a destination 
and while well, like in their vehicle, sitting behind the wheel, can set a destination. You know, it can be sitting in uh, a Harvard Yard. Is that a place? Oh, Josh? wow! Who's doing voices? Harvard Yard is the place. <laughs> and say, Cambridge I want to, I want to drive. I want to, I want to go to Sacramento. Mm. And they can set that destination mentally, fall asleep. Their body will drive them there as safely as if they were awake. Whoa. And then they'll wake up in Sacramento. So they sleep, they're Sacramento. sleep drivers. Sleep, sleep driver. Sleep, sleep navigating drivers. Sleep driving power, but it's safe. Right. And they're, and they're rested. It's restful sleep. It's, it's like they, they are as rested as if they slept that entire time. No. I mean, that's how sleep works. Not always. Sometimes you not while, not sleep. While, not while driving. Usually. True. It's true. Not well, while your body's doing a different activity. Is, How is, comfortable they just have a robot the car? They are Sorry, the robot you both, car. You both ask questions. They are the I robot can't. car. How comfortable okay. are other people in the car while this is happening? Wait, yeah, so he's I think it would depend driver? on their cover level with Chris, right? Like, so if if Chris was an Uber driver, Chris could clean up. But I think, you know, in terms of friends and family, like you would have to, exp- you, I mean, you have to reveal your secret identity. You have to be like, look, I have this power. I can get us, I can get us to Orlando for this Disney World vacation we've all been waiting on. But I'm going to be asleep the whole time, and you just be <laughs> cool with that. And if they're you cool feel with that, like- if they trust him. Let's let's get out of the out of the uh, suspension of disbelief. Can you imagine a situation, no matter how perfect his record was, where you are sitting in the passenger seat and you're okay? No, <laughs> okay. No. No. Like, no matter how many times you do it, you you, you are not going to get any restful sleep. Oh my god! Look at the look, oh. Yeah. I think that's that's going to be at the top of my possible. I think about the amount of time I drive for work, where I know where I need to get by a, a by a certain you know by the end of the day i need to be here and i'm alone in my in my vehicle with all my stuff and all i need to do is get there but like it would be great if i could get there a little more rested than i than i currently you know i was thinking about your comment earlier where you said he'd be a great uber driver but he wouldn't because he'd have to wake up every five minutes well what if you want to get any restful sleep just as oh, he got to rem he'd, like, he'd have to start over right that's true but if you but from the customer standpoint if you're one of those people oh my who god the best uber driver right exactly like last you don't have one I heard all about drugs, drug trafficking. Really? Yeah. Not from Chris. I asked the guy. I asked the guy the the furthest the furthest he'd taken somebody. He said Mexico, and that whole that, that story ended with drug trafficking. And I was like, "Cool, we're here. Thanks." I mean, yeah. not your problem with Chris. So but, you started? Did you start chatting with him? No, he started chatting, and that that was that was my way to get him talking. Right. That's good. That works. Yeah. Just wanted to go home. I was tired. All right, let's let's move on. We have two choices here, gentlemen. I thought we'd have way more time considering the books this week, but we but I'll blabbered on like idiots. I did that on purpose. We can either talk about the, the DC announcement this week in the one email, or do the other two emails. DC, Josh, what do you want to do? Uh, I'll read the DC announcement while you talk about it, right. and then I'll join in. That's the first. I mean, email. I know the gist, but I didn't read it. You gonna read the email? Read the email. I don't have to read the email. Like, there's a lot of articles. No, read the email from the person asking about it. Oh, read it aloud for the listener. For the Josh. listener who doesn't I, have the script. I'm the, one, I'm the one who has to do the research, though. One of you should read it. Zach from, Zach Virginia. from Virginia. You read How it, right? <laughs> this is a bad show. Help take. <laughs> How do you feel about James Gunn bringing Damien to the new DC cinematic universe? 
This is one of several emails we've got about asking what we thought about. Only several? Well, yeah, we got several. And this was the first one, so I picked it. But several people asked. Most of them were of the angle of, about Damien and, and asking me about that. So You're saying you've cultivated a, the people a certain know. Kind, Yeah, people the know. People know. Okay. All right. Everyone, the people know. All right. So the, you know, if you're lived under a rock, James Gunn announced this week the first stage of hit the new DC. They're calling it the DCU. And Peter Safran seems to be the branding problem, but whatever, we'll take it. Um, the first five to ten years, which is hilarious and sad and depressing, and I don't even want to think about it. But um, they announced the first, you know, the first ten years. Uh, I don't know. The, I don't know. Whatever. The first segment is called Gods and Monsters. And it's going to consist of films and TV shows and animation. And they announced the first five films and the first five It's going to consist TV of shows. X percent amount of things that were already in development and then some new shit. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is about these announcements is some of these things may not happen. You know, they announced an Inhumans movie at one point at Marvel and it didn't happen. And sometimes there's we things. We all like, remember how much we loved that Inhumans movie. Oh, man. Remember? And they now there's things that, that he has already said that he's, the next day that they haven't announced that some secret things. So this is just sort of a taster for what things may or may not happen in the next ten years or so. Um, so real quickly, the announcements were uh, in order: uh, Creature Commandos, which is a TV animated series, which is apparently already in production; a Waller about Manda Wall, a TV series called Waller about Manda Waller, set in a sort of with you know the uh, Suicide Squad universe. characters. Yep. All these things are now in the same universe, so uh, except for the Elseworlds ones, which we'll get to. Uh, Superman Legacy being the first big kickoff film in tw- July of 2025 that James Gunn is writing, and it's sort of a – he said it's not a new origin or anything, but it's sort of a way, a way of rebooting the DC universe. But it's Although, not Henry Cavill. Right. Lanterns is a TV series about Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart solving a mystery on Earth. He this said it's a cops. big – HBO quality drama, and I was like, oh, I just doubt that. The Authority film. No, Josh, there's going to be a whole scene where the two Green Lanterns just say fuck over and over again. That's, that's, that's the wire. That, that's the wire. The Authority. Yeah, that, was, that was the joke I was making. Film. True Detective. Well, he compared it to True Detective. Yeah. It's a white cop and a black cop who just say, it's a, I, all right, fine. You could have made a joke about the Green Lantern being a I, You know flat why? Because I felt offended yeah. that you would. Like I was like, this isn't going to be that. That's a that's American cinematic, American television history, and this will be. I I will almost. You can read through them and then I'll... the authority film, which is uh you know the Wildstorm characters who were popular and relevant fifteen years ago. Um, fifteen, more than that. Yeah. Paradise Lost, a TV series about the Mascara. And uh, in their vein of Game of Thrones, he said, and then the controversial Brave and the Bold film, which is about Batman and Robin. Controversial might be a little Kilpatrick commentary. It uh, in which James went out of the under the line. Damien Wayne is my favorite Robin, and immediately I went, "Well, this is doomed. This whole this, is, this whole affair is doomed." A murderer and assassin. Yeah, this is supposed to be, he said, sort of based on Garrett, Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin book, but that featured that featured Dick Grayson. So who knows how much it will actually be based we on should that? Be so lucky. Booster Gold TV series, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow film based on the Tom King miniseries, which is interesting because that's so episodic. It would have I thought would have been more suited to TV. And then a Swamp Thing film that is sort of horror based, and they've already they're already talking to uh, a director on that one. 
So those are the things he announced. Like, like I said, some of the things won't be won't be announced. Some things will be announced later. He mentioned in a, in a press conference about animation and taking a look at that. You know, as some people know, Ryan and I and Paul Montgomery do the animated brain trust shows. Who knows if that will be affected by a line of movies that have been coming out for the last, I don't know, 20 years. And just to, just to make sure we put a ribbon on everything, um, there will be a The Batman Part 2 from Matt Reeves, but that will be Robert Pattinson's final right, Bruce so, Wayne. And then there will be the Joker Folia du, uh Todd Phillips Joker sequel. For, right. But those that sounds like that'll be it. And then there's maybe going to be like a, a Ta-Nehisi Coates, J.J. Abrams Superman. Well, well, that's again, you can't... I mean, this is not it. Like, this is... Things will happen and not happen. There'll be more things. They... If the Joker sequel makes another billion dollars, there'll be a third one. Um, they'll be doing Elseworlds movies, as Brian just said, which which I found really interesting that he mentioned that because Elseworlds is a term that the comics people got rid of. And now that the, I, mo- yeah. the movies are bringing them back, I'm curious if the comics will follow suit as often happens. So I thought comics was wrong for getting rid of it in the first yes, place. Yes. He singularly has more power than anybody in publishing. Possibly. These things run James much Gunn? more complicated than, than we think from the outside. Um uh also just to just to mention the first four films coming out from dc will be the legacy films shazam the flash blue beetle and aquaman which are his whole thing was these are all in the same universe and he said these films could exist in the new universe so we'll see how that works he says the flash sort of resets everything at the end i've heard they're redoing the ending of that movie uh, or at least maybe changing the final scene and blue beetle starring cobra kai's own yep shola maratuena so i'm very excited about his whole thing seemed to be he wants to create a cohesive universe. He wants the same actors playing characters across movies, TVs, and animation. He wants it all to feel as as a piece. We'll see if that's possible. I mean, I guess it is. Marvel's doing it. Um, you know, we'll see. I thought the, the the most interesting things to me were two: one, the Elseworlds thing, and two, he basically said, "Look, the previous regimes fucked all this up," and I was surprised and shocked he said that in the video, but. Um, Somebody had to. Yes, but they usually don't say that on corporate videos. They usually leak that to the press. But man, it's refreshing. Anything stand out to you, Ryan? Uh, I mean, literally, like I said, I was I I was excited, surprising myself that the Blue Beetle film is still on with Solo. Like I, mm-hmm. I love him on Cobra Kai. I thought he's perfect casting for Jaime Reyes. I'm excited to see what, and he's young and it's like, it's, it, you know, it's vibrant. I'm excited to see where that goes in a legitimate way. Everything else. Uh, well, it's, it, they're just log lines. There's nothing even to talk about really other than the idea of this is what they're doing. I mean, everything I else is like, it. it seems, it seems better than the direction DC was going, but like, I didn't like the direction DC was going. So I mean, I'm, it's, it's the direction Marvel is going or right. has gone. I well, mean, that, I mean, uh, listen. I don't don't tell your listeners this, Josh, but I'm I'm decreasingly excited about Marvel projects. Well, I mean, I I and I guess that's the thing is because of that reason. It's like we're going to do what Marvel did. And it's like we are, they already did it. That doesn't sound. They super... did it to the point where I'm kind of bored with the Marvel well, stuff. Yeah, it's not delivered. We've talked about that, but I don't know. I read through all those announcements and I was like, I feel like this is more of a message to shareholders than it is a lot of things that are actually going to happen. And, 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 you know, based on track records, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I believe it when I see it, I guess. Well, that's, that's the, that's the smart thing to say about anything that's gets announced before uh, it's made, but, or even like conceived of, 
I would, the one I would like to know more information on before casting judgment is what version of the authority is James Gunn looking at in terms of the adaptation? Because if he's looking to like, depending on the, t- on the era of authority, because authorities had like three, four ish eras, depending on how you break down the, the wild storm to, to DC to quasi reboot, you know, of it all. Um, some of those make me excited to see it on the big screen. Others, Less it's so. Gonna, it's going to be just like Suicide Squad. That's what it, I think. It's interesting because look, anything can be good. Any anything mm-hmm. can be good if the script is good. And, you know, the writing, the directing is good, and the actors are good. But the Authority to me is a very specific situation. It's a very specific counterpoint to superhero comics, and to start with the Authority seems to miss the point of the Authority. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, if you do the authority later on after you've sort of had your fill of Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman of these guys didn't get the job done. Now we're here. That's, that's what the authority was as opposed to starting off with them, but whatever, there's been superior well, to be for fair, 20 years. Who cares? Batman and Superman didn't get the job done in a cinematic <laughs> sense. So they've got that going for them. Yeah. I, I don't, it's, uh, it's, it's what I'm least interested in uh, by, by a wide margin. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I guess yeah, I was going to say, really? <laughs> so, I would put I would put the Authority Waller and Creature Commandos in the same bucket as the like Creature Commandos. <laughs> I would say the Paradise Lost is close to the. I mean, after I and the first Wonder Woman movie was great. The second Wonder Woman movie, I, I could barely get through. Yeah, so terrible. I'm not I'm not interested in that. And without Gail Gadot, I'm I can't imagine a world where I'm interested in a Wonder Woman property. Like if you're if you're developing Wonder Woman property specifically so you don't have to figure out whether or not you can get Gail Gadot on board, I'm just like, well, what are you doing? Well, they they have to be able to move on from those actors. That's why they're all being recast. Marvel's different because those two movies all work. People liked them. The other movies were not didn't work, and people didn't a lot of people didn't like them. So they have to they have to start over. They have to. They have to move on from Henry Cavill. They got to move on from Ben Affleck. They got to move on. Well, it's not like those were hugely successful, so right. it's not like it's a big risk for them That's to do point. it. That's my point. That they can move on because they, you know, we, we talk about the opposite with Marvel. That the, the problem is that they're not moving on. Listen, right? Dwayne the Rock Johnson told me that the hierarchy of power in the DC universe was about to change, and uh, I went and saw the movie, and I don't know that it did. It is. I, I mean, I, it is interesting because. Right now, the box office, the only thing that really works are big spectacle films. It's like Tom Cruise and then superheroes. And so... I think you just I think you just made the right pitch, by the way. And so... Tom Cruise is Midnighter. And so all these movies... I think, you know, I think there's a good chance Tom all Cruise these things Tom Cruise is Hal Jordan. Somewhere. Make it. Tom Cruise is... Well, it's a TV show. He's not going to do that, but... My, that's not what I mean. Just change, change it over. Tom Cruise says he wants to do it, and he does all his own space stunts. That's a real ring he's wearing. Right. Tom Cruise is actually... <laughs> Tom actually, Cruise <laughs> actually developed a Green Lantern ring. He went to Oa. You, Tom Cruise really went to Oa and learned... Ken uses his willpower to create... He thought Scientology was a joke. But what we did was they cleared out all the Thetans. We're about to get canceled. Xenu was actually a guardian. Yeah. And and like he did it. He harnessed the willpower. He made it to level... 87 <laughs> and at that point you get a ring he's the first one to do it you know as, as we get closer i'll be more excited less i mean obviously i'm not excited at all about damien i'm bummed that uh he's now going to be enshrined as the, the dc movie robin uh that's terrible in my opinion but whatever uh, no one you know my opinion is just one opinion of any of many you think james gunn will give us supergirl or is that per- forever destroyed what, what do you mean 
Not Supergirl, Batgirl. Sorry, oh. I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. There's, you would never skip a, a well-known character like that. But no, I meant the the one the, the movie they already made, and they just didn't give us. No, no, they, that movie's gone. Wow, that's it's gone. so weird. They that's took so the weird. Tax, they took the tax break. And it's gone. They can't. They they legally can't release it. And from everything I've heard from people who aren't super comic fans, it it was not good. So I'm not sad about it. If, you know, it was a, it was an elevated TV movie, which would have been a disaster at the box office, considering everything else they've released has been somewhat an elevated TV movie. So it would have been bad for the brand to release it in the first place. So, you know, we'll see. I'm not, you know, I, I've never, I'm not a James Gunn guy. I don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, I, didn't like, I, I didn't like the Suicide Squad movie. I didn't even watch the uh, the TV show on. Peacemaker was good. I liked Peacemaker. But I liked the Suicide Squad movie, but I went to watch Peacemaker and I was like, I had enough of this. I That's think I liked I the Peacemaker show better than the Suicide Squad movie. I think the the James Gunn milieu actually worked in that context a little bit better for me, long form, than it did feature film length, personally. Fair. But also the opening sequence uh, with the wigwam it was just, I couldn't get enough of. So. But the thing is, if he's a good executive, these movies will not have his imprint on them. They will, have the, they will have the imprint of whoever is hired to write and direct them. It sounds like he's going to have his his thumb on the scale early on, and I guess it'll it'll be it'll remain to be seen to what degree he is willing to lift his thumb off the scale as these movies succeed or fail with or without him to varying. Well, yeah, degree, he wrote right? he apparently wrote every episode of Creature Commandos. Waller is from his world, and he's writing Superman Legacy. So the first three really the first three on the list are all his. The the Waller one is the one that flummoxes me because like what about that character suggests that that they can carry a, a whole show. We'll see. I mean, all these things depend on the ex- execution. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not excited about it. We have we have some time. We got two years till I think this really hits. So. <laughs> when, when, you said, we... when you said we have some time, I thought you meant on the show. I was like, John, no. I thought we were about done with the show. Can we just before we wrap this up, is there anything you guys think of that, that you like? I'm really anything. I'm, I'm really, really intrigued about. in like the DC extended cinematic universe. No, no, just uh, let's just talk about some things we like for four or five oh, minutes before man, we shut this like? down. No, uh, like, you know what I like, Josh? I like skiing. Okay, we gotta get yeah? in, we gotta stay on topic. So I I do I am curious about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. I mean, Josh, you love that book. I like that book a lot. It was, I like the book a lot too. It was um, True Grit in space. So that that's interesting to me. Uh, I'm interested in lanterns. You know, I love a cop show. I love the Green Lanterns. I love Hal Jordan and John Stewart. So that's interesting to me. I'm desperate for someone to really understand Super Superman, and if he can pull that off, because it's so diametrically opposed to his sensibility normally, uh, that'll be great. He's buddies with Grant Morrison. He keeps he keeps tweeting images of All Star Superman. I don't think he's going to do that story. It wouldn't make sense for a kickoff movie, but if he can take that sensibility and imbue it into a film, I think he might. All this other stuff might be worth it. So you know, there's things here I'm looking. I'm looking forward to. Booster Gold's an interesting choice. I think that could be a really fun property. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I was like, oh, that could be cool. But it was, it was, you know, on all the lists of everything, it was far enough down the list where Connor, when you talk about the fact that you know these things may not happen, that was the one where I'm like, well, I don't really believe that there's going to be a Booster Gold show. Like, I believe someone said there's going to be a Booster Gold show, but I don't believe there's going to be a Booster well, Gold show. Ironically, Booster Gold has no name recognition, which is the character's problem. <laughs> yeah you know like <laughs> both textually and metatextually yes yes exactly and i like that what's so interesting who do, you, who do you cast josh josh is bad at casting i am but it's like a ryan reynolds type character what's interesting is marvel did the meat and potatoes you know it was like iron man 
Hulk, Thor, Captain America. And here you've got some really off the wall choices. So, well, if anything else, it it is important to know that that James Gunn was the first person to make a successful movie out of characters that nobody fucking knew. Yes. Do you remember like yes. do you remember when we heard oh yeah and we heard it early cuz yeah. you know we're people who know people the next movie is going to be Guardians and we were like bullshit. <laughs> like didn't believe it at all. Yeah. And it was. Yeah, and it, it, it you successful. know the Connor, they're not your favorites but I think it was successful. No, they're super successful. Measure. I just don't like them yeah. personally but they're really successful movies. Hugely successful. I like I like I like the first one an awful lot. I like I like them both an awful lot. I like the second one, but I don't love it. I love the first movie. So was, I'm, I'm I'm entirely sick of Chris Pratt in all forms now. <laughs> that I don't have. We don't have time to get into that. Chris yeah. Pratt is booster gold. No, right. I mean that would be what he would do because he just like oh maybe I'll be the maybe I'll be the lead in this animated movie. You've been the lead in too many animated movies. <laughs> My kids know your voice. They don't know anyone's voice. Yeah, you're not Mario. That's a me. It's a Mario. Wow. And literally, my Connor son just did goes, a better audition for Mario than anything I've heard from my the son. The first thing my son says, my eight year old who's never played a Mario game in his life, that doesn't sound like Mario. <laughs> and I was like, Welcome, my son, which is a bummer because it looks awesome. Do. Like the animation it does is look terrific. Good. It, does. it does. If they hadn't already done Patrick Wilson as um, Aquaman's brother, Orm, Orm, he can Ocean be a master. He's too old. Yeah, you, we can't we can't keep casting fifty year olds in these parts. That's what Marvel had too. You know who it should be? Some kid who's under thirty that we don't know. Yeah, that's what Some, they do. Somebody with from Euphoria, Blue Beetle, and I'm happy about it. Right, yeah. that's the age the character should be. And I looked him up recently. He's got like a full. You know, Shola's got a full beard now. I'm like, well, shit. They should have done this when he was doing YouTube Cobra Kai season one. All right, so there's, you know, it, it was exciting. It, even if I, some of the things I didn't like, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I would love someone to get D, DC films on. Real, track. real quick, like, yeah. did, were you actually? Did you feel like an actual feeling of excitement? Yeah, because DC has been a mess for in terms of films, even forever, even counting the Nolan films because they took the wrong, they learned a long, wrong lesson from the Nolan films. So the people in charge have been, uh, haven't done it well. And so I've been desperate for somebody to be in charge who knows what they're doing or at least what they want and has a vision and executes on it. Because traditionally, Warner Brothers has been running as a fiefdom of warring parties, and that's always always resulted in bad product. And that's the question, really, is yeah. if they're allowed to maintain a vision, if they're allowed to follow through with it. I think two movies into this that aren't blockbusters, they yank the cord. And it's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. But But – Josh, I want to ask you the same question. Did you feel like reading the announcements, reading the list of you're asking this, this to Josh? Slate, I yeah. literally just told you I didn't read it. But do you feel I any read excitement? Them just now. Do you feel no, any? Josh excitement? is not the person no. who would though. No, I yeah, no. Still, that's, that's, he's the person on this show. I don't. I can't ask any. I've asked the both of you. These are the two people I can talk to. I know, I know but Connor's saying you should already know the answer. I know, and but it, it's everybody listening a should know the answer. I, I understand. Uh, All right, fine. Let's. Yeah. Well, we, no, <laughs> I mean, but that's just like, like I'm not a good. I'm not a good He's example of it. No, I'm not. Uh, I, you know, I, like you say to me, like, there's going to be a Supergirl movie. And what I think is, it's already a great comic book, whatever. Like, I don't. He's not the audience. Like, and yeah, no. And, and like, if something is great, but specifically DC movies, like, I have no confidence in them. None. Like, the best you hear about any of them is, uh, us, you know, it was all right. It was pretty good. 
you know, which is not exciting. I, I want to be wowed. I want to be blown away by something. I want to have the feeling like I had when I saw Avengers or like when I watched The Mandalorian the first time. That's the only thing that's going to make me super happy. Like a bunch of stuff that's okay isn't my genre. Like I like it in comic books, but I don't need to watch okay superhero movies so I can see uh, the leader on on TV. I don't care. What about Modoc? There was a Modoc show. I didn't watch it. No, there's in the movie. Will you want to see a Modoc movie? Should we see? Should we get Modoc up there? No. You want? Uh, what about a Taron Edgerton booster gold? No, he's too squat. What about Chris Pratt Modoc? Taron Edgerton could do. Like, he could do like a Hal Jordan. I kind of want Taron Edgerton as MCU uh, Eddie Brock. What? Eddie Brock has to be giant. I know, but Taron Edgerton compared to Tom Holland is going to be a giant. Yeah, Taron Edgerton can actually play giant. It's crazy. I know. He's he's Taren, five foot Taren four. Taron Edgerton is the next generation's Bruce Willis. I'm I'm just saying it. I'm uh, putting it out in the world. It's true. I don't I don't I don't even know what to do with that sentence. <laughs> you know, this is so different. That's not. He's not funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. I was like, Eddie the Eagle was kind of funny. Yeah, but, but he he wasn't because he was he wasn't pulling off a. It was because the the writing was funny and the situational yeah. comedy was funny. It wasn't because he was like hilarious. You know who wasn't funny? Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, not funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm also like you. I also say Bruce Willis is unreplaceable, but like if you know, in terms of the best we got, Taron Edgerton might be it. Wait, wait, wait. See you next Let's- week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally don't. I, I don't understand. All, can, can I get your definition of what you think Bruce Willis is? I've been watching Blackbird on your recommendation. Okay, but how's it? He, okay, what does that have to do with Bruce, Bruce Willis? Willis. He, does a, he does a lot of squinting and growling, and it, it, his, his Taron Edgerton pretending to be Ray Liotta reminds me of young Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis's whole thing was smirky. Yeah, like he I think was. Got he it. was in on the joke, and very very funny. In Blackbird, there was no joke. It was dire. That character was never happy. He was never anything. He got a little freaked out once. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm Bruce just Gillis couldn't play that role. You don't what have to agree with me. here. I don't know because Bruce Willis is your is your typical sort of New York City, New Jersey, yes, uh, bartender. He was a New Jersey even, bartender. That's what he was. I'm not even see how good I am. Yeah. I'm not even supposed to be here today, but I guess I'll save the day. He's the everyman by by default. He's like, oh, uh, he's right. That's why uh, we can't we can't we can't do 20 minutes on Die Hard. We can't. It's like Cheshire England born Taron Edgerton. <laughs> I. T- I I don't I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks this for writing pizza, in. This Zach. pizza is exactly like Coco Van. Excuse and, me. And other people who wrote in about the movie announcement. I Thanks need, for writing I need in. the hell out of a Coco Van pizza. Contact at ifanboy.com is how you can also write in. We had a bunch of emails we were going to do, but we didn't do them, so we'll try to do them next week. Uh, we're we busy have a lot yelling of, at each other. We have a lot of extra shows this week. In fact, we've got too many for the number of weeks we have. Uh, but. Previous to this show, we had uh, last week we had our Media Explode show in which we talked about the mini movies and TV shows we watched during the holiday break. Prior to that, we had our Book Explode on Black Sad All Fall Down Part One. Uh, that was fun. This month, um, we're going to have a Legion of Superheroes animated brain trust episode. That's probably next week. So we yeah, got to after, that. after tonight, Connor, I don't have time. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we're going to figure this out. The week after that, we have Ant Man, The Wasp, Quantumania, which comes out. We'll have a show about that. And then sometime we're gonna have a media splode show, and I think we're gonna have a talk splode, Josh. I'll work on that. We have three more I, weeks. We got four more shows, so we'll figure it out. One of them might slip into March. We'll see. Um, but we'll get them all to you as we always do. 
just sometimes not always on schedule. Ryan, you did science sort of tonight. Yeah, I recorded an episode that won't be out uh, for a few weeks after hearing this episode, but my long-awaited interview with Jake Henry Lopez-Alt about his new book, The Walk, should be out by the time this episode drops. So go check that out at scienceform.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Learn about cooking with gas or induction. It's not a political statement. Walks work with everything. It turns out that burning fossil fuels in your house may not be ideal. Unless you want to get that walk hay, the breath of the walk. Listen, I have an electric stove and I'm willing to risk, risk cancer for everybody for it because it's terrible. You can't stir fry anything. I got to get a new grill. You need Sorry. an induction stove. Ah. Or you need an outdoor butane burner. Just start cooking can... with fire in your kitchen. I sure don't think it'd go wrong there. No, I nothing. live in the woods, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, in the kitchen. Just start a, start a fire. Cook that way. Hmm. You know what? I hear we didn't start the fire. Someone who's always burning. Josh, please, for love of God, get to the outro. <laughs> the world's been turning. This is Harry Truman Doris Day, Red China Johnny Ray. What the fuck the happened this week? Yo, you... this <laughs> what happens when our minds aren't focused on good comics? That everything it's, just it's, falls it's, completely we're getting, apart. We're getting to a meeting in in ten minutes. It's, it's a weird time. It's, it's nighttime. It's the right All time, right, kids. Uh, uh, so you just did that part and I'm going to say to you, you can find our library of over 1200 much better shows. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Slow yeah. down. No. 12, 1200 should not, not all, you know, not, no, this, this had its, this had its charms. I really like that Bruce Willis bit an awful lot. <laughs> That's over at iFanboy.com. You can find the shows anywhere on podcasts. They're all in a big old XML feed. I've been doing this forever, and I, st- I said XML feed, and I was like, you I don't know. said anywhere on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I said XML feed, and as I was saying it, I thought, I don't really know what that is. That's it's an thing? R- it's also an, R- it's an RSS feed. XML feeds aren't a thing anymore? I mean, they might be, but I know RSS feeds were the podcast. No, that sounds, what Ryan's saying is correct. And the thing was, back in the old days, we would really, like, edit the actual oh, RSS God. feed. Oh, God, we had a, we had a feed, we had a, oh, my God, we did it. Like, like we were in there, we were doing, I don't, it wasn't we were doing code. code but it was, we were, yeah, you were, hacking, you, were, you were hacking into the mainframe. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just now, you know, however many years later, I was like, I don't, I don't know, I felt like the oldest man on earth. There was no, we there at, wasn't this drag and drop podcasting, people had to work for it. True, and we've and we got lazy, but I also we deserve it. I thought you were going to uh, say we got laid. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, follow us at iFanboyComicsStar. <laughs> Christ. Instagram wow. is iFanboyComics. Going in the archives. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. This is instructional. This is a. This is not how we do things. <laughs> this is a warning. Normally, uh, normally the, the show ends at the library of Congress, and I'm not doing that with this one. I'll, I'll deliver it in person on Instagram. <laughs> J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. I'm going to eat a cookie while I say this next part. At Ryan Helped on Instagram. Ryan is also Helped on Twitter. Are you still on Twitter? It's deleted off my phone, but the account still exists. Make it happen, buddy. I'm working on it. Subscribe right. to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can find all of our old video shows. We did several years of old video shows. You can find them there as well as this week's this show. We post it every week to YouTube. So if you're someone who listens or watches a lot of YouTube, you can always watch our show there. That's, there's nothing to see, but you can listen to it. I mean, there's a cover, but it doesn't move. Nothing happens. Anyway. I want to listen to some YouTube. Here's what I'm going to say. Don't review this episode. Review as an aggregate. Take, take, take 18 years, average it out. And please leave a star rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast. Don't Disagree. do this one. Listen to this. 
and then take a random sampling of three other episodes and you'd be like, oh, those other ones were really good. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. I just what did there. happened to them this week? They just can't focus. Didn't like anything. Did they talk about Bruce Willis for 25 minutes, but no one was sure why? I was relatively positive about the comics. You were really trying, though. You were working for it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> you were reaching, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Connor. Now remember, when Connor says review the last 18 years of the episode, that's half my age, and I'm Ryan. <sighs> I don't think this was that bad. It was pretty good. Well, let's be. I don't decide. think so either. I think Connor's being needlessly negative. There it is again. Yeah. You met Connor. Ooh, all the stars point me to you, and lately they just drive me crazy. A universe can be so cruel, so baby, baby, be my lady. Now here I come. Dance around the sun I've been oh so blue Stuck behind the moon Now let me in Back where we begin And let me hold you Like the way I used to do Alright I'm gonna stop this Nonsense <laughs>